With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode here of the Talking Blues podcast. I am Josh, and I am joined just by Peter this time. My co-host Alex is on vacation for the weekend, so congratulations to him. And Chelsea will be on vacation following this match that they won. Congratulations on a 2-0 victory. For some reason, I I don't know if it's playing against Antonio Conte. I don't know if it's this Tottenham squad in general. But for some reason, Chelsea has their number as they win again for the third time in, what, two weeks against uh, Spurs. Great job by Chelsea. Although there, there were some flaws in this match by, by the club, so we can get into it. There were also some two very nice goals. I mean, Hakeem Ziyech could have been the goal of the year so far this season for Chelsea. We'll talk about all of it. But first of all, Peter, I'll get your thoughts. How are you doing? What are your thoughts on this 2-0 Chelsea victory? I'm doing well. And I mean, the biggest takeaway for me is, like you said, two brilliant goals. Hakim Ziyech especially. I When it went in, I forgot exactly what I texted you, but I, I said something along the lines of Hakim Ziyech is so, 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 so good or something like that. And I mean, it was just such a good strike. Uh, it's We've now scored uh, two goal of the season worthy goals in the past month-ish with obviously Kovic's volley probably up there too I mean we're I mean we're we're hitting some nice shots and I mean the second goal too was very good Tiago Silva just had a very very nice header into the bottom corner and also like you said that's third win over Spurs in the past two-ish weeks a fourth win over Spurs this season and our fifth straight win against Spurs going back to last season and I mean clearly Tuchel just owns Spurs that's that's the uh i don't remember i think it was uh the first time that spurs have gone five straight games versus one opponent without scoring a goal and it's against us and i mean that's just that's just an insane record against one of our biggest rivals and i mean tuko is just i mean there's obviously some concerns about how we played like you said but i mean and all, especially in all of the past three games, but we get the win and we pretty much dominate them. We create the chances. Tuco just his his way of managing just is so much better. I don't know, like you said, there's so many things it could be. Is it Conte? Is it their squad? But it just works against Spurs, which you can see when we're not playing Spurs, like against City, we go back to being not the greatest. I mean, we obviously really didn't do anything against City, but. We can do it against Spurs, which I think is ironic because they're meant to be a very good side, yet we're treating them like they're a bottom table club. But anyway, onto the game itself, I think. Well, I mean, we're able. It's funny. Sorry, Peter. We're able to win. It's funny that we're able able to get a victory 
repeatedly against a side that has as much money, you know, Tottenham, but then lose or draw to smaller clubs. And, you know, knowing how much Roman Abramovich spends on players, example, Romelu Lukaku, Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, etc., Keppa, our starting goalkeeper in this match. And then we, we proceed to do so well against a team that, by the way, is probably coming off the best momentum out of any club all season on an unbelievable stoppage time victory in like the 95th, 96th minute, getting a game-winning goal, coming into Stamford Bridge and losing. Uh, and, and losing by a 2-0 you know, margin of two goal margin, that's a big deal. So, um, great job by Chelsea. Sorry, you can go to the match now. I mean, I'll. Ju- I mean, I was going to go to the match, but what you said is accurate. I mean, like we can't. We do so poorly against Brighton, and then we come against this Spurs side, who is Spurs. They're meant to be good, and we dominate them. Can't do anything against these bottom tier sides, like you said. It's clearly that's a problem, but we can move past that and just celebrate a win again, our fourth win against our rivals this season. Uh, they match itself. Uh, defensively, we did well. We obviously did let a goal in that was ruled out for a, a foul. Uh, I mean, you can't see me, but I'm putting up air quotes because that's debatable whether or not it was a foul. I think uh, Diego Silva definitely sold it well, but ref ruled it out. Uh, I mean, Keppa also had a very nice save off of Harry Kane towards the end of the game, but for the most part, they really didn't have many chances. We defended well. Jago Silva, like I mentioned, he obviously got fouled to deny that goal. He was very solid. Rudiger, as always, was solid. Malenkar, solid again. I think he's beginning to kind of turn into kind of what Chalaba was, where he was kind of an unknown, but he gets a few matches under his belt, gets used to the environment, gets used to playing in the Premier League, and he becomes a very serviceable player who's just solid. Uh... I also want to point out, I definitely think he should be starting ahead of Alonso in the future. I don't see why we would start Alonso when Saar has been very serviceable and very solid and has pace, can make passes, can dribble, can do things that Alonso is just incapable of doing. Uh, Midfield-wise, I mean, just a solid performance, nothing really special, but uh, solid from them. Uh, Ziyech obviously had the great strike. Kyle Matsunador had very good runs. Uh, he obviously got the assist for Ziyech's goal. I mean, Lukaku. Uh, oh, Josh, you want to say something? Yep. No, I. you can finish, finish out because I know you're almost there. <laughs> okay. And then Lukaku, I just want to say, we played this game to his play style, yet he wasn't involved in any of the goals. He wasn't close to being involved in any of the goals. And in fact, he missed, I don't want to say easy chances, but he definitely could have had a few goals from I think Mount had two great crosses that he just completely whiffed on uh Lukaku's becoming a bit problematic if he wasn't already he's we're playing to his play style yet we're not getting results of doing that I mean we're lucky that we got I don't want to say bailed because we dominated the game and deserved a win but despite playing to his play style he wasn't a factor all game he was just there i mean maybe that helps because he drew away center backs he drew away some defenders made some good runs but i mean for the most part he really wasn't involved in the game which you don't want to see when you're tailoring your tactics to try to get him involved so that's what i was going to go to i was going to talk about the lineup uh and you got that right i think along with alex of having four at the back i think i said i had three at the back i don't remember for sure but i but i think that's what happened uh and I, i'm sure you remember that you did put four at the back 
So we did the four one four one. We played with Lukaku up front. And there were comments on Twitter. I saw the Chelsea community, as well as me, kind of outraged by this decision. And he proved us all right, having another subpar, under, you know, below average start uh, for the player that Ronald Lukaku is, taking big shots at Inter Milan, getting big goals. Haven't seen it here, and it's unfortunate. And that's what I wanted to. That's what I wanted to talk about, Peter. That's why I raised my hand. Is that we put him in a lineup where he can be successful. He's the other. He's the only guy really up front playing that main striker role, and he just doesn't do well. And I was going to ask you. I was. I was before you were talking about Lukaku. I was going to say we talked about all these positives, right? Chelsea did get a two 0 victory, but there's always negatives, you know, in victories. There can always be stuff that we can build on. And I was going to say, who do you think really had the worst match out of these guys? And I think you touched on it, and I just did as well. I've mentioned the guy's name a few times, Romelu Lukaku. Out of the starting eleven for Chelsea today, he was the worst on the pitch. It was clear, and it was very obvious. I think that. There needs to make a, you know, there needs to be a change. Although there, I say maybe there should, there, there, I'm trying, I don't know what the right word to use is. Listen, we're going to have a month break basically until our next Premier League match. I believe our next Premier League match is February 19th. Okay. And before that, we have international break. We have teams that are going to be going to World Cup qualifiers along with other matches happening. When Chelsea returns, their next match is in two weeks in an FA Cup fourth round draw against Plymouth Argyle. Argyle. Cliffs. Argyle, yes. Very cool. So maybe Lukaku starts in that one because I know he played in our last FA Cup match, I believe. Uh, And then the Club World Cup semifinals, so he might play in there. This is the deal. If we had a match on, right, if it was the hustle and bustle of the the Premier League, right, the, um, the... Next matchup uh, in three days or whatever it would be. We play Tuesday. Don't have Ronald Lukaku starting. We're going to have a little little bit of a break period. We're going to have two weeks off. Chelsea will. uh, And probably we will have a little bit of a break for our podcast as well. I don't know if we'll come out with one next week. We might. And so that gives Lukaku some time to rest. Think about his decision. Practice on the training pitch. And hopefully, uh, you know, improve. Because that's what he's going to need to do before uh, Chelsea's next match and before the next time he starts, because if he doesn't improve, I don't want Tuchel putting him out there in the starting lineup over and over again, because we're not seeing the results that we should be. Otherwise, I think everything else went well. We talked about the ZS goal again, maybe could be goal of the season, the absolute wonderful curl off the left foot, right? Um, and then we had the, the free kick to a connection by Thiago Silva's header, uh, a great job by him. And, to be to be frank, to uh, to say it lightly, the Tottenham players were absolutely furious about this two 0 defeat. You could tell Hugo Lloris wasn't so happy either, um, and I think that just makes you happy as a Chelsea fan. So, a good result overall. I mean, I can go into the stats, and then we obviously had the we have the famous here player ratings from Fan Nation that we can go to that Peter's going to be guessing today. Uh, but let's go to the stats first. Shots on uh, shots first, 15 to six. Chelsea led that same thing with shots on target, seven to three possession, 66% for Chelsea to 34% for Tottenham passes 566 to 319. The pass accuracy Chelsea led that as well. So far they've left all of the sets that I've read through 
86 to 76 percent fouls chelsea led that to 17 14 uh, yellow cards two to one chelsea led that no red cards in this match one all size for tottenham and corners 10 to three uh chelsea led those Peter, I think it's interesting. We mentioned the that was a Harry Kane goal that was ruled off sides because the Tiago Silva penalty, I, or yeah. the Tiago Silva foul. That's two goals in two games. I, I think that Harry Kane has had it ruled off. I think in that last match, yeah, the offsides, right? Yeah, in the in the in the late winner for Tottenham, that was also there was also a goal ruled offside. So Harry Kane getting a little unlucky recently, but still an amazing player he is. Uh, are you excited at all, Peter? I, I I know this is a Chelsea podcast, but we like to mention the U.S. men's national team a few times. Are you excited for this match coming up? I mean, I, I think that uh, the U.S. men's national team will win. For us, it's going to be on, I think it's on Thursday. Yeah, against El Salvador in the World Cup qualifier final round. Uh, when when they had the match against Jamaica, they drew in November. I I don't know what to look forward to. It's that one on Thursday, and then they're going to play Canada on Sunday. Uh, and then again against Honduras on Wednesday. Although I think it came out that Pulisic won't be playing with the squad. Or maybe I'm lying. Or do any of these games kind of you, you look forward to? Because I would say Canada is going to be somewhat interesting. I'd say Canada is probably... Uh the top of the list but i mean all the games are exciting because as you know or as you listeners should should know from us being the butt of a lot of jokes uh that we are notoriously bad at making the world cup and not and being unable to beat these bad teams to qualify for these international tournaments so i think i'm excited for all of the games that we can hopefully win and that we should win so that we can actually make the world cup but canada is probably the uh they're gonna be the most exciting game because obviously canada has very talented players but so do we I think that'll be a good game. We should be winning the other two, but I mean, every game with the U.S. is exciting because you never know what you're going to get. And I just wanted to double check. It looks like Christian Pulisic is on the the squad uh, for the U.S. men's national team coming up in these matches. I'm not 100% sure, but I think I just looked, uh, or I did just look, and his name did come up when I checked the squad, so I think he should be in there. All right, let's go to the uh, Fan Nation absolute Chelsea player ratings. This is where if you're new or if you're coming back, Peter is going to guess what the player rating is out of 10. If it's a half, because sometimes they do like six and a half, seven and a half, whatever, I will let him know. And then he guesses the number out of, you know, however many he gets right. So the last time he did this, I think was the last time Chelsea played Tottenham. Uh, Alex and Peter combined to go six for 11. The top that has ever been done was by Alex. He went 7 for 11 in Chelsea's match at the end of December against Aston Villa. Can Peter top that and get any more than 7 or maybe tie uh, with that? Peter, your first guess is going to be the goalkeeper for Chelsea in this match, Kepa. Kepa. I mean, he didn't really do much. Spurs weren't the greatest offensively. He did have one good save. He also had one save where he just kind of fell over and didn't need to do anything. So I think... I think I'll go six. It was pretty average. He didn't really need to do much. So in this match, Absolute Chelsea gives Kepa a seven out of ten. Oh, good start. So Woo! that's going to put it at 0 for 1. I'm writing them down. We have Antonio Rudiger next out of 10. What does he got? If Kepa was a seven, I'd say Rudiger's also a seven. He was also just solid. Didn't 
really need to do anything crazy. He did have one very, very uh, fun run that he usually always has. So I think I'll go seven. Yeah, you're right with a seven out of ten. Nice job involving Kepa in that for whatever reason. Okay, we move on to Thiago Silva here. Um, Out of ten, he obviously got the goal. So just factor that in. What does he get out of ten? Defensively, he was on par with Rudiger. So it's a seven, right? And then a goal brings it up to a nine or eight. Obviously, it would bring it up. Mm -hmm. I'll go eight. Yeah. Good job so far. Uh, bouncing back here from the first one wrong. You're now two for three. Let's go to the final guy. Uh, or no, because there was four. I can't count. Malang Sar, <laughs> uh, out of ten, what does Malang Sar get? I'd say, I mean, I'd say he was a bit worse than Tiago Silva and Rüdiger defensively and obviously didn't really do much getting going forward. He was just kind of there, played solid. Better than Alonso would have done, I'll, I'll say. But mm. he was just kind of there. I'll go six. So he gets a seven out of ten, interestingly mm. enough. I Brings can see that. Four, that, 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 that. That's fair. 50%. Um, let's see if you think Asby's ranking is fair. What, what do you think uh, Asby gets? Um, ooh, that's kind of tough. Because, I mean... Asby, it was a fun game for me watching him because he was always kind of there in the ref's face, always in the Spurs player's face. He got into it with a lot of them a lot. Yeah. Uh, But that's not really performance-wise. That was kind of just him doing things. I think I'll go a six. So Asby's uh, match rating from Absolute Chelsea was also the average score for them. Well, no. Because isn't the average score for them, or at least according to Alex, is a six? Because he actually got a seven out of ten overall, which is That's I guess also fair. The normal average, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> also fair moves your score to six, uh, two for five. Excuse me, and we go into the midfield with Jorginho starting off. Okay, see, I'd give him a six, right? But all the people I've wanted to give a six have right. gotten sevens. Okay, so I'll give him a seven. Good, because you're adjusting, and that's the right thing to do because that is correct. Uh, Jorginho did, in fact, get a seven out of ten from Absolute Chelsea. That puts you up to a three for six rating uh, yourself at this point. Mateo Kovacic also in the midfield gets a. He wasn't as good as he normally is to give you a yeah, little bit I'd, of a hint. Yeah, it, it, it was, I, I'd say it was a bit of an off day. Yeah. He, he, well, off day, he obviously was solid, but usually he's brilliant. Like, I, I don't know if you actually mentioned it, but when I wasn't there to record, I did say to mention it that he's one of our best players and he should be the first name on the team sheet every time. Uh, obviously, this was less of a good game where he wasn't <laughs> probably our best player. So uh-huh. I'd say it's a bit worse than Jorginho. So I'll go six. It's a good job factoring whatever you're doing here because you are now four for seven. Mateo Kovacic did, in fact, get a six out of ten on the Absolute Chelsea uh, website. I'm interested. I want to see with these last few players if any of them is in a big disagreement Then I'm going to have to read out the bio because so far none of them has been anything too far off and you've agreed with the ratings uh, that I haven't had to read the bio. But let's see. Kyle Mutsen-Odoi. He had very, you know, like you said earlier, he had a lot of good runs. But what would yeah, that make his rating be, though? I mean, he had a lot of good runs. He obviously forced, uh, uh, what's his name, Tanganga into getting a yellow card. And then that led, uh, that because of that, he was able to get around him quite easily to give the assists for Ziyech's goal. Yep. He 
Obviously, he did miss a bit of a sitter in the beginning stages, though. Uh, he had a header that where he's like on the six-yard box, and he somehow headed it wide. But in general, it was a very good game for him. He was dangerous. So, <laughs> I mean, can I do my ZH prediction in the same one? Because I want I'm kind of comparing them as, as like my uh, judge. Oh, okay, interesting. Sure. Because I'm thinking they're never going to give a ten. Ten is like perfect. I think ZH is a man of the match, so he'll have the highest rating. Yep. Which will be a nine. Yep. So that's right. So that's right. I'm gonna get. Yeah, I should give you that. Okay. So I'm gonna go five for eight. Yeah. And then factoring that in, you know, he wasn't as good as Ziyech. He was had one of his best games, I think, in a Chelsea shirt. Besides, when he uh, his first few games here, it's his first really really good game in a long time where he's been like this Ajax Ziyech. Uh, so Ajax. I think Odor would get an eight. That's whatever. What do you mean, whatever? It's not Ajax, it's Ajax. Come on. Yeah, okay. You said Hudson Adoy 8, correct? Yes, because he was a bit less uh, involved in all the goals, I'd say. And he also did miss that sitter, which I bumped him down a bit for. Listen, however you want to do your ratings, if you want to group them up together, it's working right now. You are now <laughs> 6 for 9, and I want to say that's a good 4 in a row. I, wa- I think so. Um, so great job by you. That leads now to Mason Mount and Romelu Lukaku. I don't know if you how you want to group them up. You do it solo. I, I whatever you want to do, but you're on a really great streak right now. I don't want to break anything. Uh, I like to read Hakim Ziyech's bio, even though you got it right. He was the nine out of ten, the highest rated player this match. Not a surprise. Uh, so this is their little bio. It, it's also funny because sometimes they use big wording, and you know I can't even read that. So let's see. A man or wizard on a mission on the evening. The quality of his deliveries were astounding, and it was he, and it was he. There you go. Who tried to take matters into his own hands when others were shy of getting attempts on goal? Playing in a slightly deeper position afforded him the space needed to unleash tools he has in his arsenal. The striker for his goal, or the strike for his goal, was plenty of proof of that. It was absolutely out of the top drawer. Possibly his best performance in a royal blue shirt. And head and shoulders above pretty much everyone else um, on the Stanford Bridge lawn. Okay, Mason Mount, Rama, Lukaku, Peter, you figure out how you want to do this. Oh, it's a bit hard to compare Mount to Lukaku. Actually, to be honest, is it really? Because all of Lukaku's involvements in the game pretty much came from Mount in his crosses, which, of course, Lukaku all missed because, you know, he's Lukaku and he's bad and he's right a waste now. of money. Yeah. Sorry, right now, but, you know, I'll go, oh, what will I go? <laughs> Mount is definitely a six or a seven, because he's not as, he's not on the level of Silva, Odois, yet. She's definitely below all of them. Okay. Lukaku's, Lukaku is down there. Lukaku's, mm. I'm thinking quite low, but I don't know how, see, me personally, I have a bit of an agenda against him. Mm. Uh, I'm definitely going to go too low. Okay. Uh, Lukaku will go a four. Okay, so Lukaku, that unfortunately breaks your streak. I don't want to, like, hold it forever. Uh, that unfortunately breaks your streak. They gave him a five. So you, you guessed correctly you were going to go too low. Uh, very close there. Uh, but to see if you can get that seven for 11 and tie Alex's record, for the best so far of this uh, player match rating. Let's see what you give Mason Mount. 
we're going back to my uh, Jorginho thought process where I'd give him a six, but everyone that I gave wanted to give six, I got seven, so I'll give him a seven. You have tied Alex's record. Uh, for the Damn. most correct answers in the Chelsea player match ratings. Uh, correct again, and great process of uh, elimination there. Comparing it back to when you tried to give seven or sixes, they were sevens. Uh, that is another reason why Mason Mount apparently was a seven out of ten. So there you go. And uh, for us, we appreciate you listening to this Chelsea versus Tottenham recap. We hope you enjoyed the match because it was a great one. Um, we don't know when we'll be back, but we will eventually. Uh, Chelsea match coming up in about two weeks, so enjoy your break from us. But subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, shipitstudios.com slash blues. on there is all the links where you can check out the podcast. Again, that is shipitstudios.com slash blues. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, and we will see you next time for another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.